Well, teams, Paul Vaughan's party is close to his contract. So where to now for this South Dragons prop? Victor Radley is back from suspension. The Wolves returning rooster continued to be a bit of a bad boy or clean up his act. And whiz kid Reese Walsh is set to return from injury. So what does that mean for Warriors skipper Roger to a vast chance? Hello and welcome to NRL Teams. Yes, plenty coming up on the show. I'm Zach Bailey, joined in studio by Brett Kamali and live from the uh, scoreboard at Leichhardt Oval, Robbie Farrow. Robbie, thanks uh, for tuning in. Uh, of course, you can't be here as you're part of the bubble for the West Tigers. We miss you, but thanks for joining us from home. We'll bring you all the latest Round 17 teams when they drop and we'll chat Origin 3 a little bit later on. But the big news this afternoon uh, revolves around the Dragons and they have terminated the contract of prop Paul Vaughan. It's a big, big call. Uh, already yesterday, they were docked $305,000 with 13 players by the NRL and 20 weeks in suspensions across those 13 players. Uh, Ryan Webb, the uh, Dragons CEO, and their coach, Anthony Griffin, said this a short time ago. It's a decision that uh, you know the board's made on... Uh, not just this situation, but obviously uh, there's there's two prior breaches uh, that have uh, also included uh, COVID-related um, issues. So uh, from a board point of view, they made that call, which I, I, I support. When something happens at your club that puts the whole competition in jeopardy, it's, it's a pretty um, heavy weight to bear. So incredibly frustrating, but um, we'll work through this. Yeah, a massive call. So just uh, repeating, Paul Vaughan is no longer a dragon. He already faced an eight-week suspension and a $50,000 fine. But today at a board meeting, his contract for next year and the remainder of this year was torn up. Robbie, is that a right call or have they gone too far? Yeah, it's a tough one. It's obviously, I think, uh, on its own, I think it's too too far. But uh, by the sounds of it, there were you know previous breaches. Um, I know this was his third strike, so it gave the club grounds uh, to terminate his contract, um, and that's why the others haven't been terminated. I guess uh, you know they've been spared, but uh, yeah. In, in terms of Paul Vaughan, I think uh, it's been the accu accumulation of the breaches in the past twelve months that has led to this, and unfortunately for him, he, he's found himself now without a contract on the club for next season. Noddy, uh, he was um, he was playing red footy. Uh, only up until two years ago, and he's a, obviously got uh, a big contract with the Dragons. Yeah. But where does this leave him for next year? Yeah, well, he's got eight-week suspension as well, so he's not going to find another club to play games of football for you, think, in 2021. Uh, and as Robbie said, I agree with Robbie, the fact that if, if this is a standalone breach, then it's not enough to probably sack him. Um, but obviously previous offences meant that, and I think clubs these days don't sack people on spur of the moments because there's that unfair dismissal and the opportunity for their lawyers and for the managers to fight through. So it's obviously, it's a tough stance for the Dragons. I think it's a correct stance. I think at some stage the players need to take accountability. Uh, and if you're talking about an $800,000 contract, it should be something that you protect, look after and do everything that's in the, the, the right behaviour more than the wrong behaviour. So um, I think you'll pick up a club. I think... He'll pick up a club next year for season 2022. There's a lot of clubs that are certainly looking for middle forwards. He's a quality player. And as you said, Zach, he played State of Origin two years ago. Um, I just don't think he'll be on the 800,000, which is probably the, the pay packet he'd signed mm. for when he was playing rep football. Robbie, given hey, the uh, enormity of the fines for this year uh, for all those players, 
Mm. Will we finally see players across the game get the message now from this from this time onwards? Well, I think that's what the NRLs try to do. They've obviously made an example of, of what the Dragons players have gone and done um, and, and trying to stamp it out of the game. Obviously, it's a, a pretty precarious time at the moment in the game with everyone in the bubble. And, um, you know, there's, there's so many players doing the right thing and it's just the minority um, going outside the rules to um, obviously, and, and they've been caught out now. So the NRLs come down hard on them to make an example and I guess deter the other players uh, from doing the same thing. And well, I, I think we, in the terms of the Paul Vaughan situation, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if there's a club out there that does pick him up for the rest of the year because eight-round suspension means he'll be back in time for the semifinals. Uh, if you're one of the top eight teams and you can pick up Paul Vaughan on a minimum wage contract and you have an ex-rep uh, player uh, waiting in the wings just in case in terms of injury and things like that, that you can bring him to the side for the semifinals, it wouldn't surprise me if one of the top eight teams do pick him up on a, on a small contract for the rest of the year. Well, just on that, Robbie, there's no guarantee another contract for the remainder of this year would be registered by the NRL. Not saying it wouldn't be, but that would be something to consider for clubs chasing him. What does it mean for Matt Dufty and Corey Norman, yeah. Noddy? Because they've already been told they're not wanted beyond this year by the Dragons. But if you're another club, do you want to touch these players that blatantly broke the rules that their club and the NRL said don't do? I think you can put a few other players with the Dragons involved in that as well. Um, you know, I, I think it's very important for club and branding to make sure going forward. Obviously, sponsorship is a big part of the game. Your fans are a big part of the game. Members are a big part of the game. Um, you know, Matt Dufty's very young in his career and he's been told by the Dragons he's not wanted and, and by the sounds of it, most other clubs aren't really interested. Corey Norman has been around long enough and in some regards been a repeat offender. Um, so I think it certainly makes it really hard for, for any players. There is so much good talent out there that you think that if... You don't, do you want to go down the path for people that break the rules, that don't follow protocol, that, or do you want to go down the path that we can guide and we can trust and we're aware of what we get from a club branding point of view? I'm glad I'm not making those decisions. But <laughs> well, there'll be some clubs that will... Make it tough. There'll be some pay- clubs that sign players purely to win tomorrow. And there'll be other clubs that sit back and go, no, 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 we don't want to be a part of that. Uh, we want our branding to be good. We want to build the right influence. We want to attract the right people and the right sponsors to our club. So it depends on what club makes those decisions. All right, and the remaining other 12 Dragons players, they've been uh, hit with further monetary fines from their club. That was decided at the board meeting just a short time ago, and uh, that will be forwarded to local charities, plus they'll have to do extracurricular club service uh, activities as well. All right, the teams are officially in for round 17, uh, and it kicks off with the Manly Seagulls against the Raiders. Of course, it's a shortened round this week with Origin 3 next Wednesday. Manly, they're without Tom Trebojevic and Daly Cherry Evans, but it's an otherwise settled side for Professor Des Hasler. Ruben Garrick fills the vacant number one jersey and Moses Sully takes his spot on the wing. Super sub Dylan Walker will start at halfback and Kate Cast is in line for his first match since round 10. Ricky Stewart threatened to make changes after the 38-point loss to the Titans and he's kind of followed through. A lot of them forced, though. News today, Bailey Simonson will miss up to six weeks with a toe injury. Xavier Coates gets his opportunity to debut for real this time with Jack Whiten and Josh Papali'i on origin duty. Matt Frawley plays at 5'8", and Emre Gula will start at prop. Elliot Whitehead is also sidelined with a minor shoulder injury, meaning Hudson Young starts and Ryan James comes on to the bench. Noddy, so much talk about Tom Trebojevic and his influence at Manly, and rightfully so, yeah. because he's arguably the most influential player we've seen. Not arguably. Yeah. Not arguably. He certainly is the most influential in the game at the moment. But what does this mean? What, what is this opportunity for the likes of Ruben Garrick, Jason Saab, Croker around yeah. the ruck, who's been great? 
when he's been playing. Well, it's a chance to play about rep players, and, and this will be what the coaches are looking forward to, the development and the step-up of the players. They're in good form, Manly. Uh, and it, you're right, a lot of it comes on the back of what Tom Travojevic does, but we saw Jason Saab last week score a double, uh, exceptionally quick. Ruben Garrick, I think he's leading point scorer in the competition. Uh, and as you said, Croker. Uh, Croker's uh, obviously looking, probably looking forward to playing against the Canberra Raiders for the past. He was an under-20s player there. He'd come through the system and was told to move on by Ricky Stewart. So I think he'd be looking forward to having a good game against his former club. Uh, it would be a really big defensive effort. I think Des Hazel will come up with you know, high completion rate, big defensive effort, don't beat ourselves, because we probably haven't got the quality of player in a time or a DCE to get us out of trouble if we find ourselves behind. Robbie, last week uh, we discussed whether the uh, pause in the season was the reset button for the Raiders. It clearly wasn't. So where does that leave them in terms of their finals hopes for 2021? Yeah, I saw Ricky Stewart get interviewed pre-game and he said the same thing. He said, uh, you know, this was the start of, of their new season. It was a chance for them to, to reset and, and really make a run for the finals. And when you're at home in front of your home crowd at Canberra, um, playing against the Titans side that you know, hasn't been in the best of form of late and then you come up with a performance like that, I really, I really think, um, it, for me, it shows that the, the Raiders are gone this year. I think if they had, they had everything to play for last week and, and couldn't come up with that win... Um, I think it's you know, worrying signs for them moving forward. And uh, for me, they've missed their, their premiership window. Uh, you know, the last few seasons, they've been there or thereabouts, made a grand final, obviously. You've seen guys like uh, Kotrick, Bateman, George Williams move on, rumours around what's going to happen with Josh Hodgson as well. And um, you know, I think now uh, the Raiders will probably move into a rebuilding phase for the next you know, 12 to 24 months. Big call there, Robbie, but do you agree, Noddy? Because in 2016, they made a charge, they yeah. made a prelim, and they fell one match short. 2019, they lost the grand final. So is it time for a rebuild in the nation's capital? Yeah, definitely. And I think the disappointing part for the Raiders fans is I think the end of 2019, when they got beaten that grand final, there was like, OK, we'll win it in 2020 because of the circumstances of the grand final. Um, I don't think they're... They understood how big John Bateman was for him and, and how he brought him together and how tough he played. And maybe he was that resilience factor. Uh, Aiden Caesar, who copped a fair bit of criticism, got moved on and then they brought, obviously, George Williams to the side. So I, I agree with Robbie. I think they're in, under a huge rebuilding factor. They were so courageous last year when Josh Hodgson got hurt and we always, we read them off and then they showed great character. But maybe that drained them as well. Ricky probably can't get any more from him last year and now, and now this year they've gone backwards. When the fans walk out of a venue in a, in a place that mm. normally they love, it shows that the fans are turned off you, they're losing support. So it is a huge rebuild for Ricky Stewart, who has been through, through a few rebuilds, but this will be the biggest one of his career because if it's not right, then they might look at a different direction in a couple of years' time. So is he the man to rebuild it now, though? He'll be the man to rebuild it for now. Yeah, he's probably, you know, I'm pretty sure he signed a new deal last year or this year, uh, an extension to a contract. He's done so well to rebuild him to take him to the 2019 grand final. So he's probably earned the right to have one more crack at rebuilding him. But if it goes wrong in the future, uh, then I think the Canberra Raiders will make a big decision. All right, big six months or so ahead for the Canberra Raiders. A big week ahead for the Rabbitohs this week in round 17 as they take on the Cowboys Friday night at Stadium Australia. Why? Well, they're missing five Origin players. They've made six changes to their starting side. After impressing on debut, Blake Taff returns and will start at fullback. Braden Burns will make his fourth appearance of the year, coming in at centre. And the wily old veteran, Benji Marshall, will play at hooker. Tom Bird returns to the starting side. Hame Selly shifts to lock and Jaden Sewer returns after missing the last two matches. Patrick Margot and Peter 
Namazoulis comes onto the bench. Robbie nailed that pre-show. <laughs> I had uh, pressure was on. All right, let's look uh, at the Cowboys. The man known as Mustard, Dejan Arcee, is back in the NRL for the first time in 2021. He replaces Valentine Holmes at fullback. Cole Felt's loss is the Cowboys' gain. The veteran is on the wing for North Queensland after he was overlooked by Paul Green. Hamaso Tabuai Fido wasn't. His origin call-up sees Connolly Lemuelu slot into the centres. Cohen Hess has been named a starter prop, while Tom Gilbert returns after being forced into isolation last week. In addition, coach Todd Payton has also rejoined the team today after being reclassified by Queensland Health as no longer being a close contact to someone that had COVID-19 in Townsville. Happy reinstatement day for all the Bunnies members and fans that are joining us today. Here's a tweet from Chairman Nick Pappas earlier today. On this day, 20 years ago, we gathered at my Bly Street office for the fateful walk to the federal court. We know that the full bench was our last post of victory. If we lost here, it was all over. Someone said a jersey should be signed before we departed. To, uh, for the verdict. Of course, one of the signatures that we can see there is of the great George Piggins, who led the Rabbitohs revival alongside Nick Pappas. He's doing it a little bit tough at the moment, so our thoughts are with uh, George. But uh, 20 years ago, the Rabbitohs were back in the National Rugby League. Time to turn to now, though, Robbie, and uh, the future, I guess, with Blake Taft named at fullback. He only played 90 minutes against the Broncos in round 15, but what do you think we'll see that the Bunnies fans can be excited about for the future? Yeah, I liked what I saw of him in that game, actually. You know, he didn't get much time, but what we did see was uh, you know, he's a bit of a live wire. He came up with a, a nice try assist with a pass out, out the back of some shape, and uh, he can play a bit of halves as well. He, he gets his opportunity at fullback this week, and I think the fact that he's got you know Cody and, and Renault there in the halves and Benji at nine will really help his game this week. He'll, he'll feel comfortable with that that experience around him. So, uh, obviously, you know, they've got big wraps on this kid. They've, they've let Adam Reynolds go. Uh, next year uh, to, to re-sign Tap and, and Mamazoulis and, and a couple of other young promising players they got at the club. So uh, there's, there's big wraps on the kid and now he gets an opportunity you know, in first grade with his first start. He gets the opportunity to play outside Cody Walker and Adam Reynolds, Noddy, who were overlooked by Brad Fiddler. Yeah. How will they react to this Blues snubbing? Well, it's not a bad thing for Blake to be able to play outside those two players. That's a good thing for South Sydney and his development. He gets to play in there. Oh, I'm not too sure how unhappy they'll be. I, I, the decision that Brad Fittler made, I'm comfortable with that decision. I think he had a... Either way he went was going to be a correct decision, but I think, you know, Jack Whiten has probably earned the right to play 5-8 for New South Wales and Mitchell Moses um, has done very, very well for Parramatta for a number of years and Freddie knows what he can do through the Lebanon side and he, he's sort of the similar player to Nathan Cleary. So nothing changes too much with their shape and their structure. So... Um, I think for South Sydney, it's a good sign. I think you know, Cody Walker ran the ball quite a lot last week against the Tigers. Adam Reynolds has got that game management. They've got their own premiership to sort of concentrate upon. Adam Reynolds is leaving the end of the year. We don't know where Wayne Bennett's going to finish up. There's a f- and, and there's a few other players that have been mentioned in and around what's their future look like at South Sydney. So the good part about this is they've got a kid playing fullback. They'll look after him. They'll, they'll protect him and they'll, they'll certainly be the senior players inside. The Cowboys have a kid still playing in their number seven jersey. Yeah. His move from the Broncos was acceler- accelerated within to five weeks ago. He's meant to arrive there next year. But he's, he's done it tough. The coach has been in isolation. They've travelled to uh, New South Wales twice. He's had three losses. When will they start reaping the reward? 
for Tom Dearden's signature? Well, I don't know. I think if, at the moment, if you're a Cowboys fan, you're starting to question the two halves that they've purchased for the future as well. So, you know, Chad Townsend didn't have a great outing last week. Um, Tom Dearden, as you said, he's played for the Cowboys for a number of occasions and they haven't won uh, any of those occasions. So uh, they'll obviously see a future him. I think he's a quality player. I think he's a great game manager. Uh, I, I think he'll develop into a quality halfback for him. Going forward, I, I certainly think Drinkwater is a good 5'8 for him because Drinkwater is a good running 5'8 where you've got a game-managing halfback, you need a running number six. So uh, let's hope the Cowboys are going through a bit of a bad spell at the moment while they develop combinations. And Todd Payton's a quality coach. I think Todd Payton got the most consistency out of the Warriors we've seen for a long time last year. So I think in time, he'll create some consistency for the Cowboys and through the halfback Tom Dearden. Just on that man, he's a former teammate of yours, Robbie. They haven't beaten the top eight side mm. all of this year. They've got a tough run coming up. They're in that battle for a, a bottom eight uh, a spot in the bottom of the top eight. So what constitutes a pass mark for Todd Payton in his first year as head coach of the Cowboys? Yeah, as you mentioned, I think they'll be there or thereabouts. Whether they sneak into the eight or not, I think will depend on their next month of football. Um, you mentioned there they haven't beaten the top eight side. They, they got the Rabbitohs this week that are obviously missing their origin players. Um, so they're, you know, they give themselves a fair chance against the Rabbitohs this week, and then then they come up against the Storm and the Roosters. Uh, sorry, the um, the Roosters and then the Storm after that. So, you know, their, their three next games I think will will really um, you know shape their season you know towards the back end. If they can if they can come up with a win or two against these you know, top eight sides that they're coming up against. So I think they'll give themselves a chance of sneaking into the top eight. But if, if they lose their next three games against quality opposition, or, you know, I think they'll miss out. Just a quick one. Your teammate or your former teammate and great mate, Benji Marshall, lines up at hooker. He normally defends on the yeah. wing. How's he going to hold yeah. up in the middle? <laughs> funny, funny you ask. I saw him pre-game at Leichhardt on the weekend and uh, he told me his back's gone. He said, mate, he said all the bending over is that because he had to train at yeah. hooker through the week with Cookie when Cookie's away in Origin. So, uh, and he said he, he's struggling. He said the Gary Jack has gone on him and I, he, he doesn't know how wide he said him. I don't know how he did it for so long. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how the old fella goes this week. Well, Jason Taumalolo, there's a tip sheet for you. Just find Benji and run at him. Well, I'll tell you what, if there's someone that knows about a bad back, it is you, Robbie. Yeah. So hopefully you've passed on all of your remedies so that Benji Marshall is good to go on Friday night. <laughs> Let's turn our attention to our Saturday match featuring the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs and the Sydney Roosters. Uh, Saturday night, 7.35s at Bankwest Stadium. Trent Barrett has recalled four of the five players who were part of the biosecurity breach in Bondi. Aaron Shop is back in the centres in place of Falakiko Manu. Sione Katoa is named hooker with Jeremy Marshall King suspended for two weeks. Corey Woodell will start in the second row and Dylan Napa is on the bench. Brandon Wakeham couldn't find his way into the 21 so Kyle Flanagan gets another chance at 5-8 against his former club. Elsewhere, Joe Stimson is promoted into the second row with Matt Dury out after failing a HIA against the Sea Eagles. There's some big outs and a huge in for the Roosters with James Tedesco on origin duty. Joey Manu shifts to fullback, which opens the door for Billy Smith to make his long-awaited return from injury in his first NRL match since 2019. Matt Ikevalu replaces Joseph Suwali on the right wing, while Drew Hutchison starts in the number six jersey ahead of Lachlan Lamb. Jared Wairira Hargreaves captains the Tricolours, who are also missing Angus Crichton, who is on origin duty. Victor Radley, he's the big in. He would have loved to have been wearing sky blue next Wednesday night. Instead, he'll be wearing red, white and blue after serving a five-match suspension. 
Nat Butcher, meanwhile, returns from an ankle injury. In some other fresh news today, Daniel Tupo and Lindsay Collins have both re-signed with the club. Tupo until the end of 2023 and Lindsay Collins, who's out for this year, until the end of 2026. So that is big, big news regarding the Roosters. Noddy, back to this match. Four of those bad five yeah. um, Bulldogs players are in. So Trent Barrett had, had to tussle here between short-term pain for long-term game, keeping the standards and saying, look, guys, we don't want you breaking the rules at all yeah. and keeping these players out or giving the hole they're in to recall them. Has he made the right quarter of call four or five of them? Well, let's hope that they watched last week's game and felt like they let their teammates down because they were really disappointing. And Trent Barrett made a mention of it uh, very heavily in his press conference that the players had let him down. Um, they'd been going good up until last week. I thought the dogs started to turn the corner, defend very well. They were attacking reasonably good. They were scoring over 20 points pretty regularly, which hadn't occurred for a long while for the dogs. So I think Trent Barrett got a feeling of what he was being able to create. They let him down. Um, the hard part for Trent Barrett is you literally got to put the best players back on the park to hopefully work on combinations in development. Otherwise, you, you run the risk again of getting blown off the park. And then the worse you go, the more pressure it comes. And I know, I know Trent Barrett at the moment is under no pressure. They're, they're a rebuilding football club. But at some stage, fans want to see improvement results. And that means you've got to pick the best players. I think I like the looks of Aaron Shoup. I think he's going to be a quality player. I think he's a really good outside back that the dogs have found. So that's a, that's, that's a fine for him. But it's a hard balancing act as a coach. I think you put them back in the side. You put them on notice. Um, but also they help the players around him. If they weren't in as deep a hole, perhaps he had the luxury of... If they had a better roster, you probably don't... Need race them back, them back in. Speaking of good rosters and a good player, Victor Radley returns this weekend. Robbie, uh, what kind of Victor the Inflictor will we see this weekend? Because his coach has publicly given him a dressing down a couple of times in recent weeks. Yeah, there's no doubt that uh, you know he's got to tread a fine line with his game. He, he's an aggressive player and we all love the way he plays the game. But unfortunately now with with the way that the rules are, are being adjudicated, he needs to be careful. So, yeah, he's... He's going to be aggressive, there's no doubt about that. I think uh, from memory, last time he got suspended, he, he came out and said, I'm not going to change the way I play. So, um, look, I, I, I wouldn't want him to change the way he plays, but there's no doubt that um, you know, he, he's got to be careful in, in those you know, big collisions he's coming up with. The Roosters are without so many more of their senior players, Cordner, Friend, yep. Collins, Keary, Morris, the list goes on. They've shown so much fight throughout this year, but their loss to the Storm, is that signs that they're starting to... Or we're starting to see the toll of the lack of seniority? Yeah, I think so. You obviously senior players stand up to big games. The Melbourne Storm are, the, I think, the best team in the competition at, at knocking the door down in the middle and blowing you away, and that's how they beat them last weekend. So uh, I'm not too sure if the senior players for the Roosters were still there, whether they would have beat Melbourne or Penrith at the moment because they're the top two sides, and they're the top two sides by a fair way in this competition. Um, It'll take its toll, but the Roosters do so well, which they don't. They don't generally rebuild too badly, you know. In some regards, like they don't miss the semi-final for a year or two while they're rebuilding. They still stay there or thereabouts in the top four side. Um, they get some quality players. They've got some salary cap room. We think next year with the, with some of those retiring players, and they've got some great mixture of you know. You talk about Tedesco's. Um, with Hargreaves and all that, they're monitoring. And there's no Luke Keery at the moment. So Luke Keery with Sam Walker, that would be a different halves combination as well. So I think there's there's a development phase there for the Roosters. Senior players are hurting them, but I think they'll come back pretty quickly next year. Just on that player, Sam Walker, no doubt, I mean, against the Bulldogs this week, you expect him to excel. But every man of these dogs had their say on whether yeah. to rest him or not to rest him because he's been battered and bruised. But how do they manage him? 
for the rest of the year. Oh, what are we up to? Round 17? I think he plays. He just plays the rest of the year. It's a lesson in life. It's a lesson in football. If What happens if we just keep getting three or four games and pulling them off? So that teaches you a trend, for for example, for the future. About, oh, it gets a little bit hard. I need a week or two off. So I think they play the hard act here, the Roosters. Um, and I think they say, mate, you play if you're eligible to play. If you're good enough to play, you're tough out. Because sometimes you have bad years and you just got to get on with it. So there's no danger of them burning uh, him now in his first year. Right, I mean, yeah. yeah. I, I just, I, sorry, I, I'll jump in there. Yeah. I actually, I, I disagree with Noddy there in the fact that, yeah, look, I think it's great where you teach these young kids uh, toughness and, you know, you can't just have a week off, you know, because, because things are getting tough. But when you've got an 18-year-old kid who is a 78-kilo halfback, um, has come into the side, um, you know, due to injury and, hasn't had a break since and, and and he's been targeted there's no doubt teams have run defense uh, their attack at him and he's had to do a lot of work he's got a lot of attention with his kicking game as well oh, i think the smart move would be to give him a rest uh, you don't want to burn him out you don't want him to come up with a long-term injury um you got to be smart he, he's still a kid at the end of the day and um i think you know i think he's a chance of being rested this week to be honest uh, they've got um lock and lamb on the on the bench and adam kieran i think it, um picked as 18th man. So, you know, I could easily see, see Lock and Land coming to the starting side and, and Kieran on the bench. And the, the smart money for me would be to give him a rest. If you give him a rest, you got what have we got? Eight weeks to go. Mm. Eight weeks, eight games, nine games? Yep. Uh, roughly to go. I, I agree with Robbie. If, if you want to give him a rest, you've got to give him one week only off. you got to say, mm. okay, you've got a three-week block, you've got a week off, you've got a four-week block. And then we'll, the, the excitement of semifinals yeah, yeah. has got to be so, so good for a young kid to come into semifinals as part of the Sydney Roosters club. Yeah. That, that's a hype. That's excitement. That doesn't matter what injuries you've got when semi-finals arrive. You just, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a party time. They just don't make them as tough as they did back in your day, Noddy, when you didn't miss a game <laughs> after debuting, right? No, I missed plenty of games. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I've got to move on to the final game. Only four games this week in the NRL. The final game, the Sharks against the Warriors Sunday afternoon at Netstrata Jubilee Stadium. Josh Hannay has made two changes to the side that lost to the Broncos. Will Chambers returns in the centres after missing last Sunday, awaiting the birth of his third child. His return sees Connor Tracy shift to 5'8 and Braden Trindle in the number 14 jersey. A big inclusion for the Warriors, Reese Walsh has overcome a hamstring injury and will start at fullback. His return pushes captain Roger to Avasa Shek to the wing, while Rocco Berry has taken Adam Pompey's... Adam Pompey's spot in the centres, rather. Chad Townsend looks to have succumbed to that shoulder injury, but the Warriors get Cody Nikarima back from an ankle issue. There's a club debut for prop Matt Lodge. Bailey Surinan replaces Ben Murdoch-Masila in the second row, and Ellie Kartora has been named despite appearing to pick up a shoulder injury in the loss to the Dragons. Tohu Harris is a big out, so Jazz Tavanga starts at lock. Sean Johnson faces his old club, Betty's new club in the same week. Uh, we discussed that last week. Will we see a composed, matured Sean Johnson, or will we see a you know overexcited player that's will overplay his hand? Oh, I think for the Sharks, they'd like to see an overexcited player that's a chance of play, overplaying his hand. Because I think I thought last week Sean Johnson, when the game was on the line, sort of sat back a little bit and just offload, and they did too many hit ups uh, in some regards. When he's happy and excited and on the ball and he's running the ball, I think that's when Sean Johnson plays his best football. So I think he, he as you said, he knows where he's going. He's going back to the Warriors next year. Uh, he's had a great career over there. Uh, he'd like to remind them of how good he is. Um, and I think Connor Tracy's a really good move for the Sharks playing 5-8. I think Connor's been great for him in every position he's played, but he is a half or 5-8. So he gets a chance to show um, 
show current coach, but also gets a chance to show Craig Fitzgibbon maybe next year that Connor Tracy could be the 5'8 uh, with Nico Hines in the half. So there's a, it's a good opportunity for Connor Tracy to push himself too at the moment. Plenty on the line for those two players. The Warriors have lost plenty of games that they should have won, Robbie. Their last, last Friday night against the Dragons. Have you seen any improvement and progress under Nathan Brown this year after they showed plenty under Todd Payton last year? Yeah, I don't know how they threw that game away on the weekend. Um, yeah, that was unlosable. They, they looked just in complete control and uh, and then they just found a way to lose. And, and that might come back to bite them in, uh, towards the end of the year because you know, they're on the cusp of the eight. And I still give them a chance. You know, they, they play the Sharks this week and I think again in about a month's time. So the Sharks are in eighth spot. The Warriors are just behind them by a win or two. So that could really determine... Uh, whether they can sneak into the eight. Uh, back to your question, yeah, oh, look, I think they've made some some improvement. I think, um, yeah, the emergence of obviously a Reese Walsh, um, yeah, Matt Lodges has just signed there, uh, yeah, Aidan Finnell-Blake, I think the, the pair of them in the front row can really uh, lead them forward and, and become one of the most dominant uh, front row pairings in the competition, I think. Um, you know, Sean Johnson going back there th uh, next year. So there's a lot to like about the Warriors. Um, but I think, you know, this last, you know, you know, I'd like to see them finish this season off real strong. Um, I think everyone tends to forget too, they've been living away from home for two years, haven't played a home game in New Zealand. So, look, I, I think they've done an outstanding job um, over the last, you know, 12 to 18 months. Um, hopefully they get back back home uh, after this COVID break and, and really, um, yeah, have a really big campaign next year. Does the, top, does the top eight become a lot more open now with the Dragons players all, or Paul Vaughan gone from the squad? There's... there's the other rest of the players are going to have to send do a one-week suspension rotated through for the next four mm. weeks. So does that mean the Dragons aren't guaranteed to make the top eight now either? Yeah, most so does, it make, does it make it yeah. throw it more open for the competition? So teams between 9 to 12, they should go, well, hang on a sec, we've got a great chance here to, to jump over the top. The Dragons, who we think could potentially fall out of the eight, and then who knows what the eight's going to become. After mm. the Panthers and Rabbitohs in that run, it's quite favourable for the Warriors to make a run at it. That's right. But mm. again, they keep losing the games they're meant to win. So put Reese Walsh at 5 Put Roger at fullback. Robbie just made a, a, a great, a, a, yeah. a whole list of great yeah. points, but they're not winning the games to earn those two points to yeah. put themselves in their frame. Just on Reese Walsh, he, he's a huge in and he's a great player, yeah. but surely they're not getting the best out of Roger Tuivasa-Shek on the wing. I don't get, I can't get my head around this. Yes, he plays great when he's on the wing, but he's one of the best attacking fullbacks in the game. Yeah, definitely. And, and we see the, how influential a fullback can be with what Tom does for Manly, you know. So, and a ball playing fullback uh, is certainly great. The kick return from from Roger Tuivasa-Shek because of his great footwork it starts to set off very, very well for the back five to roll momentum. So, I, I think Reese Walsh has shown us enough. I, I think Reese Walsh. Whilst Roger's still there, and knowing that Roger's going to rugby at the end of the year, I would have Reese Walsh playing 5'8 for my club. I'd put him in the front line and say, mate, mm. you play 5'8, you get the ball, um, you've got the shape on the short side, I'd, even you could potentially play, uh, your halfback could be the swinger, and you have, if, if Walsh wants to play left and Roger wants to play the right 5'8, then I'd be happy to do that as well. So I think they've got better options by having both of them in ball-playing opportunities more than one of them on the wing. I agree, I'd have them both in the I, middle, but I'm not an NRL coach. I think there, Zach... Yeah. I think there too with the Warriors, you talk about them not being able to ice games and, and you look at the halves combinations they've had throughout the year. Uh, you know, we've seen Chanel, uh, Tavita Harris, uh, O'Sullivan, Nick Arima, uh, sorry, who else? Uh, well, Reese Walsh has played there as well. Um, I think they need to sell on their halves pairing moving forward uh, and get some consistency in the halves. And, and now we've seen obviously Chad Townsend go over there as well. So there's been a lot of changing in key positions for them, which I think has affected uh, them being able to... to to really nail those games towards the back end you know, of the 80 minutes. Yep.
Completely agree. Of course, uh, no crowds at the four Sydney games this weekend. So make sure you tune in through Nine, Fox League, Sky New Zealand, KO and the Watch NRL app. All right. So at the start of the show, we didn't have time to play the uh, predictions for round 16. So how about we just play them now to see if you got them right? Uh, the, the top two teams that are leading the competition, everyone thinks they're way out in front, will both be beaten in this weekend's rounds of matches. Yeah, I was actually going to predict a, a, a Roosters upset this week as well. Melbourne have inflicted another huge defeat. The Panthers have won! Thumbs down here. I told you not to bat. I told you not to follow me in a battle, no, Robbie. Not no, no. Never, never follow Noddy yeah. again. No. Okay, so here's your chance at redemption, Robbie. I'll go to you first. Ooh. Your prediction for round 17. So that way you can't follow Noddy into battle. Oh, geez, I haven't even thought about this, to be honest. Um, every game to be won by 13 plus. Okay. Can you make one around your mate so Benji right, Marshall as well yeah. at hooker? I want a, a prediction around Benji. Benji to finish the game with a Lebanese back. <laughs> we want a definition of a Lebanese back by, by next Tuesday. Well, Noddy, try and beat that. Not a good one. Not a good one. Uh, I think Alex Johnson will score a double again. That's not even bold. I'm not even letting that go. Give him four tries in. Four tries. Four tries for Alex Johnson. Okay, I like it. Okay, as I mentioned, we will get to State of Origin 3. It's time to talk Origin 3. We don't know where it will be next Wednesday night, but it will be New South Wales against Queensland. On the two teams that have been named, Robbie, are these the most equal or even teams we've seen all series? Oh, I think so. I think when you take out the the hard pairing of New South Wales, have been so dominant and brought that combination from club level into the, the Origin Arena. Um, we've just seen how smooth they've transitioned and and how good New South Wales have looked with those guys in the halves. So there's no doubt with those two guys missing, um, you know, Freddie opted not to go for the South pairing where they would have been familiar with each other. He's gone with with Moses and Jack Wyden who. I dare say, probably never played any footy together before. Um, so there's no doubt that there's going to be a lack of cohesion there. Um, you know, how much that's going to affect the team, I guess we'll wait and see. And yeah, in, in my opinion, I think um, as, as much as Jack Wyden probably deserved a, a shot at the, the number six jersey, I think he's probably the wrong style of, of six that New South Wales need at the moment. I think he's a running 5'8", whereas... Uh, we've seen with Luai in the first two games, he's just really given early ball to to Mitchell and and to, to Tommy Turbo. So um, it'll be interesting to see how they, they get that balance there with you know creating um, some opportunities for his outside backs and, and getting his running game in order. Okay, so Robbie, you're questioning whether they've got the right number six. So Noddy, you said earlier that you like Mitchell Moses at number seven. So oh. why will he excel in the biggest game of his career? I know the series yeah. is dead. But his origin future is essentially on the line here. Yeah, it definitely is. So he's played he's played Test football in some regards. He played for Lebanon in the World Cup in 2017 and played very, very well, uh, which is probably why Brad Fittler had confidence he could play State of Origin. He's a very similar player to Nathan Cleary. You know, Nathan Cleary's great strength is he's obviously kicking game uh, and game management. And, and I think Mitchell Moses is, does a lot of that. Like Mitchell doesn't run the ball a great deal of time, doesn't take shape to the line, neither does Nathan Cleary. So I think they're very similar players. Um, it's the biggest test he's going to have. But, you know, he's been waiting in the wings for a number of years now. He's matured as a halfback. Parramatta have been consistent, so he's probably the next person in line. 
for if Nathan Cleary gets injured, who is the halfback that's going to take over from Nathan Cleary going forward? So he's gone for the, the youth in some regards to go for. I, I think Jack Whiten, I agree with Robbie, Jack Whiten does like running the ball, so it takes time away from giving early ball to the centre. But I think Jack Whiten's club form hasn't been great. But if he gets these great players in and around him, I think that'll make him a better player in, this, in, in the match on Wednesday night as well. I think um, I, I think the fact it's a dead rubber has allowed you know, Freddie the luxury of bringing in um, a halfback on debut and, and moving Jack Wine there. I think if the series was live, he would have definitely gone with the South pairing. Um, more experience, uh, a lot obviously you know played with each other a lot longer and, and know each other's games. So um, I think the fact it's a dead rubber uh, is why he's gone that way. But I'm actually filthy with Freddie because you know he's spoken about how. Uh, the Lebanese uh, gig in the World Cup uh, really pushed him forward in terms of the New South Wales job. And uh, do you know? Do you guys know who the Lebanese halfback was in that World Cup? I think his, uh, his initials were RF. Yeah. They? And his, and New South Wales are looking for a halfback. And you know, I, I had my phone on waiting for the call, but I uh, didn't get the call unfortunately. Okay. So you, you said on the show today that Benji's got a bad back. You said Jack White shouldn't be the six. You said you're filthy at Freddie. No, no, now I, you want no. the number seven jersey for the Blues. Well, I just said, well, I was a seven yeah, in the World Cup and he was looking for a halfback. So well, you, know, the, you put two and two together. Well, the World Cup might go ahead at the end of the year so we can hold Robbie Farah into making his number seven comeback for Lebanon at the end of no the year. Essentially, <laughs> no Oh, no. the white flags wave very no. quickly. No. Dinner suit. A dinner suit. I'll be playing in a dinner suit. No. Catch, catch, pa- <laughs> kick, catch and pass. It's pretty simple. He'll be running the war. He'll be yeah. the blue shirt trainer for Lebanon. Don't you worry about the, that. The other thing it does for New South Wales, it gives Coruscant an opportunity to play 15 minutes yeah. off the bench because, you know, Damien Cook's played number nine for a long time now. Not a long time, but we haven't had a backup mm. dummy half as well. So the, Freddie's in a great position because we're 2-0 up. That he gets a chance to bring Coruscant in, uh, bring, uh, as you said, Mitchell Moses in while there's no pressure on him because if there's injuries next mm. year when we start the series, then you go, oh, Coruscant, you're playing nine. Mitchell, you're playing seven. You know what it's all about. Mm. 12 straight origins for Damien Cook. You're right. He has yeah. been there for the last four years. All right, uh, Robbie, uh, we're going to say goodbye to you. Uh, look at the renovations you've done to the scoreboard, by the way. It's looking great. <laughs> Oh, mate, it's, it's not a fun scoreboard to be in at the moment with the way we're going. So uh, I had to move out Had to move out for a couple of weeks and move back to my apartment. So, All right, well said. Uh, thanks for joining us from your uh, five-bedroom mansion in Five Dock. We'll catch you next week. Uh, <laughs> oh, please. Noddy, thanks for joining us <laughs> Thank you, in studio. Thanks for watching uh, NRL Teams from home. We'll see you next Tuesday.